This edition of U.S. Law Radio is being brought to you by SCA Limited, forensic engineering and origin cause experts working nationwide since 1970. By Ringler Associates. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided injured parties and their attorneys with the finest structured settlement services. And by U.S. Legal Support. For more than 20 years, U.S. Legal Support has been providing superior court reporting services nationwide using state-of-the-art technology. Hi, everybody. This is Dan Walker. Welcome to another edition of U.S. Law Radio. If you have a business and employees, one letter you'd most likely rather not receive is from the Department of Labor, notifying you that you're the subject of an inspection. The good news is there are steps you can take to be prepared and make the best of a potentially bad situation. U.S. law member Ashley French is a partner in the firm Huddleston Bolin in Charleston, West Virginia, works in the employment group, and joins us now to prepare us for a DOL visit. Ashley, great to have you here. Thanks. Ashley, to start things off, is the Department of Labor required to give us some notice prior to an investigation, or can they just drop in unexpectedly? The Department of Labor does not have to provide notice to an employer when it is getting ready to perform an inspection or an audit. They can show up at your door. So you want to be ready before the Department of Labor would spring that on you. Not a pleasant way to start the day. So what can we do to prepare for an inspection? And really, what should we do to stay prepared? Well, to stay prepared or to be prepared for an unexpected audit, you would want to make sure that you go through your employee's files, gather any 1099s, check the job duties of your independent contractors to verify that they do not qualify as employees. You'll want to look at the job descriptions of your employees to ensure that the written description actually reflects the work that's being done. You'll want to analyze whether your employees that are classified as exempt meet the test set forth by the Department of Labor. Review your timekeeping systems to ensure that non-exempt employees are being paid for all the work that's being performed. Review your policies regarding overtime and working from home if you're allowed to round up increments of time. Make sure a policy is on hand that prohibits improper deductions. That includes a complaint mechanism through which the employees may seek reimbursement for improper deductions. This is important because it creates a safe harbor provision that can protect the exempt status of employees who are subject to improper deductions. Check all the personnel records to make sure they're complete. An example would be to make sure you have all your on forms in the personnel files. And then last, make sure that you have the posters that are required by the Department of Labor to be posted in the proper locations. So it's a good idea to proactively stay on top of that laundry list, just in case. Exactly. Those are just good business practices anyway. And things that probably are being done by most companies as it is. But if you do receive a notice from the Department of Labor, review it carefully for the details, such as course is the date and time of the inspection, but the name of your investigator, if there's any indications as to the substantive scope of your audit and any documents that have been requested, and all these things will be included in the notice. It's important to determine whether the audit is going to be for just that location that the notice is sent to, or if it could bleed over into other locations where the employer is doing business. And then the second thing you want to do is once you get the notice, put a team together for handling the audit. People who could be part of this team would be senior management, your field supervisors, wage and hour counsel, a point person or a team leader who can be the contact person for everyone involved, 
determine who needs to participate in opening and closing conferences and who was going to be the note taker. We'll talk a little more about note taker, but that's an important position and that needs to be someone who's not necessarily involved in the audit, but who can observe the audit. Determine who's going to be present during any interviews of upper management because interviews with supervisors are the only ones that you have a right to attend. Anybody who's not a supervisor is an independent contractor. You have no right to attend. And then decide who's going to help prepare those witnesses and employees and if there's any union reps that need to be involved as well. In your experience, Ashley, are Department of Labor inspectors unhappy unless they can walk out of a business with something? Well, there's a lot of things that they're looking for these days, but I have to say the inspections I've gone through, they've been pretty fair. At least we've had some pretty good luck. But just make sure that you have all the documents ready for them, and the more information that you can provide to give them what they're looking at is going to help with their investigation. So when you're looking at documents, you're going to mark them, any ones that are confidential and proprietary, and if they're not absolutely necessary, don't turn them over. Just stick to the scope and the smallest definition of scope as you can but still giving them what they need. And don't forget to provide them the documents that are going to be helpful to the case because more than likely they're looking to determine whether all overtime is being paid to the people who are owed overtime. But take your documents, make copies of them, put maybe some identifying numbers on them. If the documents are confidential, have a discussion with your auditor prior and ask if this isn't really needed, is there another type of document or another place we can get you the information to answer the questions without turning over this type of privileged document. And then certainly do not generate any new non-privileged documents during the process. Can you step us through what will happen when an inspector pays us a visit? And by the way, is it a good idea to have an attorney standing by? I believe it's always good to have counsel standing by and also have the team that you had been working with in preparation leading up to the day of the audit. But the first thing that will happen is an opening conference. And the opening conference is where your team gets together with the auditor and the auditor introduces himself or herself to you and then discusses what the scope of the audit will be. You want this to occur in a private setting, yet make sure that it's away from the operations of the business. The auditor might use this spot, this conference room, as an office during the time that they're performing the audit, and the audit could take more than one day. So you want them to have a place to work that's comfortable and private, yet not giving them access as they see fit to your employees. After introductions of the team take place, you want to make sure that you discuss the document production, and if it deviates from what the request was from the auditor, you explain why. You go over the protocol for interviews and request that you be present for any interviews that you have a right to be present for. The focus, again, is going to be on hourly employees, so more than likely you won't have access to those interviews. And then you'll go over the walk-around procedure that will take place with the auditor, and if there has to be any kind of hazard training take place, perform that too. At this same time, the note taker is going to take down what's being said as best as possible. And if there's a walk around, then the note taker will document anything that the auditor takes a look at, anybody that they talk to, because that gives you an insight into what they're looking for. Okay then, Ashley. So at the end of this probably less than pleasant day, what can we expect? 
Well, after the day of the audit, and the audit could take weeks, and maybe the inspector's not on your premises the entire time, and more than likely, they're going to visit locations in the field to talk to some of the people you've considered as independent contractors or other non-exempt employees. But after the end of those few weeks, there will be a closing conference where the same team members can get together and the Department of Labor will provide materials that show the criteria that they considered as part of the investigation. So if there was a test that they used for determining whether an employee was exempt or non-exempt, they'll give you a written paper to show you this is the test that we utilize, and then you can keep it in your records. They'll go over the results. They'll provide you a final determination. If for some reason they found an independent contractor that they believe classifies as an employee, and this can happen because they're doing work outside the scope of their job description, there might be a calculation of back pay. If there's more than just one person or this isn't the first time certain violations of the regulations have been found, there might be additional penalties. But the Department of Labor will issue some compliance directives to you and explain your post-audit rights. What a process. Well, just as we get ready to wrap things up here, Ashley, what are the odds of an inspection or audit? Is there a way to quantify that? It's difficult to quantify, but I will say that the Department of Labor has been more active in the past couple years, and I believe that they're going to continue to become more active. This has become a huge issue for them, especially the overtime issue. And as soon as they get a complaint, that usually sparks an investigation. So as you get more employees complaining, you're also going to find more audits. Stay on the good side of your employees. That's right. Okay, then, Ashley, if those listening in want to find out more on this subject, you want to point them in a particular direction? Actually, yeah. The Department of Labor has a great website that provides a lot of the information and answers a lot of the questions you may have. Of course, there's still so many gray areas that you'd want to talk to counsel, but the Department of Labor's website is www.dol.gov. Ashley, thanks so much. We appreciate your expertise here on U.S. Law Radio. Great. Thank you. That's it, folks. We're out of time. U.S. Law Radio is produced by Rachel Brook. Send your comments and show ideas Rachel's way. She'd love to hear from you. This edition of U.S. Law Radio has been brought to you by SEA Limited, forensic engineering and origin cause experts working nationwide since 1970. By Ringler Associates. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided injured parties and their attorneys with the finest structured settlement services. And by U.S. Legal Support. For more than 20 years, U.S. Legal Support has been providing superior court reporting services nationwide using state-of-the-art technology. This is Dan Walker. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you again next time for another fresh edition of U.S. Law Radio.